Wouldn't it be great if there was one health book out there that actually addressed your whole body, mind, spirit? Well, let me tell you, there is. It is called Clean Eating Dirty Sex. It is not about dirty sex. It is a play off the word clean. Central superfoods and aphrodisiac practices for ultimate sexual health and connection. This book is a healthy lifestyle guide. There are over 40 top experts from functional medicine physicians to registered dietitians to exercise physiologists to psychologists, sexologists, all engaged to help you live your happiest, healthiest life. There are over 50 fantastic, healthy, and delicious recipes. It is also a memoir where I, because I am the author of this book, Lisa Davis, share some very personal stories. Some are heartbreaking. Some are funny to help you get to where you need to be to understand that it does take time to change, but that I am here along with all the other health experts in the book to help you. Don't let the title fool you. This book will help your communication, your intimacy, how you relate to your partner, how you relate to yourself. But if you do what the book says, it will also help you in every aspect of your health. So please go now. You can get it on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles. It's sold in local bookstores across the country. Check it out. Clean eating, dirty sex. Hi, I'm Lisa Davis. So glad you're listening to Talk Healthy Today. Ah, there are so many things going on right now with the coronavirus and being at home. And I could think of one place that I would love to be stuck in. It's somewhere I've always wanted to go. It is Costa Rica. And I am really excited to have on the wonderful Sandra Shaw Homer. We're going to be talking about her book. I'm going to let her pronounce it because she just told me. But if you're a regular listener, you know I can mispronounce Smith. So, Sandra, welcome to Talk Healthy Today. Please tell us the name of your wonderful book. Thank you, Lisa. It's really nice to be with you. The, <laughs> the book is Evelio's Garden. It's a memoir of a naturalist in Costa Rica. Well, how are you handling what's going on right now? Well, Costa Rica has taken some very early precautions as far as the virus is concerned. Um, in fact, basically, we're shut down. Um, schools are closed. Uh, they've, uh, they're enacting um, on Wednesday night at midnight, um, um, a, um, basically a, a border shutdown that, that people will, except for residents and, and uh, citizens, nobody will be allowed in the country. Um, that's a little... <laughs> Uh, tricky because the, our borders are pretty porous, in fact, uh, from, with Nicaragua and Panama. But um, um, th they've been uh, advertising uh, on, on, on social media and uh, elsewhere uh, how to wash your hands, uh, how to bump elbows, all of that stuff. They're, they're uh, taking care. Uh, we have 50 cases now in Costa Rica, uh, which doesn't sound like a lot, but... Um, uh, every day it goes up a little bit, and um, uh, I don't know, a, a lot of us uh, who live around Lake Arenal, uh, a lot of the expats are over 60, and so many of them are just self-quarantining. Um, so um, people are being careful. Yeah, I, I definitely think that's the way to go. Now, I like in the title, you write Memoir of a Naturalist in Costa Rica. How do you define naturalist, Sandra? Uh, well, I'm a backyard naturalist. I'm not a scientist. Um, a naturalist is basically somebody who just observes and learns uh, uh, and researches uh, the natural world around him or her. And uh, 
um, that's what I set out to do when I started writing the book. I think I must be a naturalist because I, well, I live in a town and everyone knows this. If you listen, it's a third uh, conservation land, which is incredible because I can be in the woods in about two minutes. Um, That's driving. And I take my dogs every day, except for the summer because it ticks and it's hot enough that the, because I live in the Northeast, that I can just do a a road walk and they're, you know, fine (laughs) with the humidity. Um, But I, I, I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't be surviving this thing. Okay. I'm being hyperbolic. I would survive this being home. But if it was like home and you couldn't go out, because I can take my dogs to the woods every day. And that is such a blessing for me. That is where I definitely find peace. You know, you write in the, in the prologue of the book. Uh, you say, they say the wind drives some people crazy. Evilio is certainly having trouble with it this year. It shoots through the funnel between the volcano and the hills, picking up speed as it races unobstructed the length of this lake, of the lake, and rakes through his organic garden, burning his beans. You are such a wonderful writer. I mean, I can completely picture that. So let's talk about this area. Well, this is the north central highlands of Costa Rica, so um, we have a much more spring-like climate. Sometimes it even gets chilly enough for a couple of blankets at night. And uh, um, the lake is actually a hydroelectric reservoir. There used to be a lagoon here, but it's a natural watershed, and it's um, it actually is the southern border of uh, a UNICEF-declared um, um one of the major watersheds in Central America. So it's um, it's beautiful. I don't know how else to describe it. It's just gorgeous. Uh, there's a lot of nature around. I, I, I had to shut all the windows and doors this morning because the monkeys were, were making a lot of noise. And um, uh, we've got lots of lots of birds and, and uh, animals. And uh, it's just... Um, I really depend on nature for my spiritual refreshment, quite frankly. And uh, so I'm delighted to live where I do. Now, what was your connection with it? Or was it just, I've heard it's a beautiful place. I, you know, for people who don't know, I really want to be there. What, what drew you there? Well, um, my uh, ex-husband and I had a small public relations and marketing communications business in Philadelphia, and we were burning out. And, um, you know, when you're married to your partner, clients call you at all hours of day and night. You're working on deadlines. You're in a very high stress environment all the time. And um, we just happened to run into an honorary consul from Costa Rica who explained to us how easy it was to get residency here. So we started thinking about it pretty seriously and um, made some exploratory trips here and fell in love with the place. Uh, we didn't have much Spanish, um, but we we started working on it. Um, and uh, it took about a year and a half to sell our business, sell our house, get everything into a container, and uh, here we landed. Um, it was, um, for me, travel uh, is like opening the door into another world. I mean, you just, you, you try to learn the language, you try to get in with the culture, you you uh, find yourself living a healthier lifestyle. You're, um, we, we moved onto a farm that had um, everything, every imaginable kind of fruit growing on it. And I, I had the the feeling that we just needed to eat it all. You know, it was just, so I was, uh, bananas was among the, 
And so I was cooking, putting bananas in my cereal every morning. I was making banana bread. I was pulping bananas and freezing it in case we ran out of bananas. And it, finally, uh, I just got sick of bananas <laughs> to the point where now I, I eat maybe one or two a year. <laughs> but yeah, there's such a, an abundance. Now, was there a fruit that you hadn't encountered before? Many. Well, guanabana. Uh, which is a very large, uh, almost melon-shaped, uh, very ugly fruit <laughs> that uh, is white on the inside, and um, it's very tasty. Uh, they use it a lot in making smoothies. Um, then there's kas, um, uh, which is similar to a, a guava. And, of course, we have guavas here also, um, man- mandarinas, you know, mandarin, marindan oranges, uh, there must be dozens of different kinds of citrus fruits here. And, of course, my favorite is mangoes. Um, that is the fruit of the gods as far as I'm concerned. Oh, that's wonderful. You know, there was something else, and I know I'm jumping around, but I, I love your writing. Uh, you write, there are ancient places, I have only encountered a few of these in my life, that give one an extraordinary sense of suddenly being stretched back in time. At these moments, I feel the innocent heart of some much earlier person peeking through my eyes at the marvel in front of me. I mean, that what a way to live, you know, in, instead of the just people kind of going through the paces, not really being mindful, not really taking in what they're seeing, but to have that 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 sense of wonder. Talk to us about that. I think that was, I just thought that was beautiful. Well, when I started working on the book, uh, it was my goal to really observe nature. I mean, you can't write about something if you don't really observe it. And uh, observing is not just saying, oh, there's there's a, a mango tree out there. It's walking up to the tree, it's touching the bark, it's looking up at the foliage, it's smelling the mangoes as they're ripening. It's uh, um, kind of becoming one with with what you're trying to see and, and, and understand. And uh, it's almost a meditation. Um, so uh, that's, I found an incredible spiritual reinforcement here in doing that. And uh, it really was an amazing for my own personal development to discover that I could, I could uh, have that experience in, in the natural world. That kind of peace is so important to your health. Uh, it, you know, the, the, the busy urban lifestyle that we had led before and that many people still live, uh, they're, just not, they're not connecting with what I think of as the real world. The real world is what we need to protect if we don't pay any attention to it, uh, we have no reason to think about protecting it. And um, that's what I'm, I really, that, that's, that's the takeaway I want people to, to, to have from reading this book, that um, you've got to um, pay attention. Under normal circumstances, obviously not with COVID-19, but when people are out and about and busy and aren't, you know, stopping to appreciate the beauty of nature and take it in. What advice do you have for people who are in those urban environments and, and, and just, or, or just so busy that they feel like they don't have time to like really sit and enjoy a mango or go out for a walk or how do we bring that into our lives? House plants. <laughs> <laughs> I was visiting a friend in New York a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> and she, in her apartment, uh, 
up on the Upper West Side, she had a bunch of houseplants. And I looked at them all and I said, my God, all of those things grow wild in Costa Rica. Um, so, yes, I mean, you would get something green going in your life. And so if you have a balcony, put, get some plants out there. If you, uh, uh, if you, if there's a park somewhere near you, get out into it. As you see, you have that wonderful woods near you. Um, there's just try to find nature. Nature springs up almost anywhere. If, if you look, uh, you know, you get moss growing on something that, you know, you weren't paying attention to, but moss is beautiful. Um, uh, it just, if left alone, this planet would recover, <laughs> but we're not leaving it alone, unfortunately. I love the way you describe things. I love just, you know, I'm learning lots of new words and, and I chuckled again about the monkeys and they don't only like the papaya, but they like the leaves and, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just the things that we would never think. I mean, right now, all I have to contend with is if, if a delivery guy knocks on the door, my dogs will bark during the interview, but you've got monkeys. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> there are several bands that live around where I am. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And they holler at each other. Yeah. Now, how close do they get to you? Like, are they afraid of people or do like, I'm not saying, can you touch one? But I mean, are they like, is a proximity weird? Like, oh my God, I could like reach out. There's a monkey. <laughs> well, remember the episode in the book where I, um, the, the, the monkeys were eating the mango leaf and not the, I mean, the papaya leaves and those, those little trees were only about 10 feet away from the porch and, um, they couldn't get, they couldn't get into the third third tree because you know they don't like to go down on the ground and and uh, they're much more vulnerable on the ground so they they couldn't get to the third man uh, papaya tree so i tied a rope uh, from the second one to the third one and i'm sitting on the porch 10 feet away from these guys and they the leader the the, the you know the male the lead male the alpha male always comes first and he he saw my rope and he reached down and touched it then he grabbed it with his hand and he pulled on it to see, you know, the, the tension, if it was, it would support him. And then he just hopped right across to the third tree. And it was fascinating to be so close and watch that animal think it through. Uh, and uh, I, yes, there's another thing that just happened to me recently that uh, was incredible. Um, there are coyotes uh, in this area. And one night I was awakened by a group, uh, I don't know how many there were, of course, but a group of coyotes right by my house, just singing to beat the band. I mean, they were howling, yipping, barking, you know, all of the different uh, vocalizations that they have for about 15 minutes. I was surrounded by this natural event that just gave me goosebumps. Um, the people think of coyotes as being something to be afraid of, but in fact, they don't hunt in packs. They, uh, uh, they, they hunt for small stuff. They don't go for people. They go for you know, rats and, and mice in the fields and so on. Um, so it, it was nothing scary to me at all. It was fascinating to be so close to something so wild. That's incredible. You know, I want to talk about Evilio. So you write, because a book is called Evilio's Garden. Evilio is one of those people who are hard to shake. Talk to us about him. 
<laughs> He's really been part of our lives for a lot of years. Um, and he, you know, he just won't go away. I, we, uh, I, my husband discovered him as a, as a guard, uh, a night guard at a windsurf center nearby. Lake Arenal is famous for its windsurfing. And um, uh, he needed an assistant. To, he, was, he was doing some construction projects. One of the things that, that Roger did early on was um, do drywall. Nobody was doing drywall around here then. And, and so uh, he taught Avelio how to finish drywall, which is quite a, a meticulous uh, thing to do correctly. And uh, he was good at it. And, and then he continued to learn some more construction skills and eventually helped to build our house. Um, we um, uh, then, the, you know, the house is never finished, so there's always detail work to do. So he was hanging around doing that kind of thing, varnishing and and um, making little repairs, and and uh, he built a beautiful uh, curved staircase from the from the deck down to the the ground. Um, he, he just uh, then he just never went away. <laughs> I don't know quite how to describe it. He he decided he decided he wanted to grow an organic garden on our property. There was this empty land uh, between the house and, and the view of the lake, and we didn't want to plant anything high there because we didn't want to uh, impede the view. And so, well, an organic vegetable garden sounded like a great idea, and that's how the book got started. Because I mean, that part of the book he took it over, quite frankly. Uh, because he wanted my daily involvement in this project. Uh, he didn't, you know, Costa Ricans generally don't like to work alone. So he um, just would ask my permission when he would take the wheelbarrow across the road to get the horse manure to feed his California redworms who were producing compost at an alarming rate. Uh, he was, um, you know, saying, are you going into town today? Would you pick up some rice hulls from the nursery? Uh, I need them as mulch, and it's just one thing after another. But the, because the weather was so unpredictable that year, I mean, we were really beginning to see this early signs of climate change. Um, he, he, the weather just wasn't cooperating for him, and he was beginning to take these little disasters personally. You know, it would rain when it wasn't supposed to be raining. It would be windy when it wasn't supposed to be windy. And uh, so the first crop failed, and then the, he, finally... He got the idea of what organic really was, and this was really interesting, because he grew up on a small family holding where they grew everything that they needed. Um, this was very much what the rural Costa Rica was like a very short period of time ago. His parents and grandparents um, grew their own rice, grew their own coffee. They had a cow. You know, they made cheese. Uh, uh, people around here still make all, their own cheese. Um, it's um, so, it, and of course, there were no chemicals in those days. Uh, so uh, everything was organic. When he finally figured that out, he called it artisan farming, <laughs> and he began to pay. Yeah, he began to take pay more attention to the conditions that he was dealing with and planting for those conditions. And then the garden took off and really became a success. Um, but, but because he was getting me involved in this on a daily basis, I had to write about it. 
So that's, <laughs> that's why the book is called Avelio's Garden. For people who are thinking, you know what, I think maybe at some point I'd like to go to Costa Rica or I'd like to go somewhere else and live in a different country. What was it like? It Was it, you know, you have to learn a new language? How did your family react? Kind of take us back a little bit about those like early days and decisions. Well, our family thought we were crazy, of course. Everybody thought we were crazy. Uh, why would you leave wonderful Philadelphia to go to a foreign country? You know, that's nuts. Um, but, you know, we prevailed. And, uh, yeah, it was. It, you, you start out like an infant. You, you just know nothing. And uh, we were you know, struggling to get, start using the language. And, uh, and the people around us who were rural people, you know, farm people, um, were just as helpful as they could be. They just took us in hand and taught us everything. Uh, the, the, the number of, of expats living in the area that where we settled, what you could have counted on the fingers of one hand. So you were forced into the Costa Rican culture. Uh, and um, uh, it was difficult, it was challenging, but it was also an incredibly rewarding. For me, learning another language is just opening a door into what could be a wonderland. And uh, my, my mother was a great traveler. And so she kind of imbued me with that idea of uh, uh, just dis discovering something new and trying to relate to it. So uh, I adapted pretty quickly. Uh, unfortunately, my, my ex-husband did not. Um, he missed the stature that he had enjoyed uh, in his profession in, in Philadelphia. And um, unfortunately, just began drinking much too heavily. And our marriage finally uh, fell apart. But um, I'm happy. <laughs> 30 years later, I'm, I, I wouldn't go back. I've, I'm a now a citizen of Costa Rica. Uh, I've done some uh, important environmental work around the lake. I've been in, um, involved with the municipality's environmental commission. And um, just, I found my métier here. Uh, it, it's involved a lot of work in many cases, but yeah, it just it's another life. It's a new life, it's, and it's a good life. Life is good. I, I think it's you know it's it's a challenge. It, I was just going to say, of course, it's a challenge. And a lot of people don't meet the challenge. They think, well, why isn't it like the United States? Well, of course, it's not like the United States. It's a, it's a Latin American country. You know, um, why don't they speak English here? Well, a lot more people speak English now than they did 30 years ago. But still, um, um, I don't know. There are a lot of retirees who come down here and they just think, well, it's going to be uh, easy, and they end up not having anything to do. They don't get involved in the community. They don't speak the language. They, they, um, they end up drinking a lot. So um, it's important when you move to another place to have a clear idea of what you want to do. I wanted to write. That was my motivation. I wanted to have a quiet place, a kinder lifestyle, uh, a nicer climate, of course, but a, a uh, a place where I could find a peace, peace of mind, and where I could where I could start writing. Well, your book is beautiful, and it, when you brought up your mom, I was I love how you wrote this one's for mom. Uh, in the in the was it doesn't even say dedication. It's just beautiful. It's just a page that says this one's for mom. Yeah, she's uh, she's been gone for for quite a while. Actually, she died just a few days before nine eleven, and um, 
um, I, it was a sudden death too, and I, I wasn't with her, and I, I felt very bad that I, I couldn't have been. But um, my sister and I, uh, after the death of our parents, became much closer, and we've talked a lot of it through. It's, it was not a, a particularly happy family uh, as we were growing up. And uh, I think both of us um, have really figured out how much our mother really loved us. And that's, that's meant a lot to us both. So that's why I dedicated the book to her. Oh, that is lovely. Well, you are so fabulous, Sandra. Tell everyone how they can learn more about you and your book, Evilio's Garden, Memoir of a Naturalist in Costa Rica. Yeah, it's available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and Powell's.com, you know, that great bookstore out in Oregon, Portland, Oregon. Um, so far, it hasn't made it into the um, you know, bricks and mortars stores, but I think it will um, pretty soon. I think the sales are, are good and um, uh, it's getting five star reviews all, all over the place. And um, fortunately, people like you, you know, are, are giving it some, some exposure, which I really appreciate. Writingfromtheheart.net. Writingfromtheheart.net. And uh, I'm also on Goodreads, and I've got an author page on Amazon, and I've got uh, Facebook pages for all of my books, as well as for me as a, a person and me as an author. So um, you can find me on Facebook, um, and I'd be delighted to um, message people about about their book and, and their experiences reading it and um and they can discover my other books too online. So, uh, oh, wonderful! It would be, uh, it, it'll be it would be fun to to communicate with my readers. It's um, I enjoy that a lot. Oh well, I'm thrilled you came on the show, Sandra. I'm so glad that we did this. I hope everyone is doing well. Keep social distancing; it's really important. Also, keep listening to Talk Healthy today, and please rate, review, subscribe. I love doing the show and I love having you listen. Thanks so much. Oh, also, you can follow me on social media at Lisa Davis MPH. Thanks and have a great day.